Edition, Steelman and Thune at noon here on the home of Sooner fans, the Ref Radio Network. Hey, that's uh, that's Firecracker Eating Frank and Party Marty to that's you, Steely. That's right. I am Firecracker Frank. I want to be Firecracker Frank. Is that all right? You can be Party Marty. I'm cool with that. I can roll with uh, either one of those titles. I, you think that uh, Mule Shoe has been crying to Colin Cowherd? These OU fans are so hard on me. You know what I did there? And and Cowherd's, you know, acting like his big brother in this deal and coming after Oklahoma fans all the time. You think that was cool? that's what's going on? <laughs> Somebody on the Air Comfort Solutions sex line said, Lincoln's comments on Cowherd yesterday are the equivalent to Clinton's on the Lewinsky scandal. That depends on what the definition of is is. <laughs> right? Oh, I mean, the guy, he's, he's the Bernie Madoff of college football. He's a shyster. He, he thinks again, you know what? I'm so smart. I can get around this question. You know how he operates. We know how he operates now. And he's surrounding himself out in L.A. with the likes of Clark Stroud and Colin Cowherd. Yes. What, what a crew. What a crew right there. All right. Uh, we will get to uh, Mule Shoe a little bit later on because, well, we, we've got to, you know, make fun of the guy a little bit, right? While we can, before USC starts winning some games. By the way, I'm still trying to uh, – I'm in touch with the people at Rice, who USC opens up with, trying to get a preferred walk-on uh, situation there. Do you have eligibility left? I have eligibility left, man. I'm ready to g- suit up and run out with the Rice House. And my plan is to run out in pregame and go right for Mule Shoe's knees. Helmet <laughs> on, just boom. <laughs> well, if we never hear from you again, Mike, <laughs> you went out in noble fashion. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. All right, we do have uh, college hoops tonight. You have uh, Tech in Oklahoma, 8 o'clock. 8 o'clock tip time tonight, ESPNU. I think we know the uh, Sooner situation right now. They, they, are, they are in trouble. They are in desperate need of a victory against a Tech team that's number nine in the country. We'll see if Terrence Shannon uh, is able to play tonight. It's going to be a game-time decision. You know that Tech's going to play great defense, pack the lane, force the Sooners to make some outside shots. And don't you feel like Oklahoma is due a really good outside shooting night? I mean, you had some of that early in the in the Bedlam game with Tanner Groves and with uh, Elijah Harkless, but Mo Gibson – you know, is misfiring. It just feels like they're due one of those nights. But it's going to be tough against Tag Man. They play some unbelievably good defense. Well, and Oklahoma's lost seven of eight. So you're definitely due at some point. It's just a matter of when that happens. You probably – here's the thing. Looking at the remainder of the schedule, you'll, you'd probably rather be due today than you would on Saturday against Kansas at the Fog because – as we found out during the Buddy Heald days, you can play a really dang good basketball game up there and still come out on the losing end. So, yeah, yeah. on your home floor against a Texas Tech team that may be down Terrence Shannon as well as Adonis Arms, this is one that you would like to have. Yeah, it's both one, those guys are game-time decisions, by the way. Yeah, this is a win you would like to get. And like you said, we've seen this team get hot from behind the arc before. It just hasn't really been there over the course of this skid. And... If they can snap the funk, if you if Yamoja Gibson can get back in the zone because he was ice cold from the field on Saturday in Bedlam, uh, you get Gibson feeling himself from the, beyond the arc, you get Tanner Groves to build on that strong performance that he had at Gallagher-Iba, then I think he got something. And particularly if Shannon and Arms aren't able to play for Texas Tech, then 
you have more than a puncher's chance to come out with an upset on your home floor. No doubt. And we'll see if the Sooners can get it done tonight. They're 13-10. and 10. Again, they have dropped 7 of 8. They're 3-7 and seven in the league. Joe Lenardi has them barely hanging in there for an NCAA tournament bid. They're an 11 seed, according to Lenardi, one of the last four buys. And again, the Sooners, uh, they have to go to the fog on Saturday for a noon game on CBS against the Jayhawks. So, uh, turnovers have been the issue for Oklahoma. It was rebounding in the TCU game. They fixed that in Bedlam. They hit the boards and, and did a good job getting rebounds. But, again, they couldn't shoot. And if you can't shoot and then you turn the ball over too much, you've got a major issue. We'll see if Oklahoma can bounce back tonight. Porter Moser says uh, his Sooners know exactly the situation they're in right now. All right, we'll see if Oklahoma can get it done tonight. And if you ask me right now, the Sooners, uh, I don't think they're going to make the NCAA tournament. It's not time for the fat lady to sing yet, but she should be warming up the vocal cords probably for Oklahoma because this is just a tough stretch, man. Every game, as Porter Moser just said, in the Big 12 is going to be a challenge. Every game. And, uh, you know, unless they can really turn it around and start taking care of the basketball, probably not going to be in the NCAA tournament. But, again, Joe Lenardi, because of the strength of the league, has them just hanging in there right now. So what kind of – what percentage chance do you give Oklahoma of getting this done tonight against Tech? And I know a lot depends on the uh, the Tech guys and uh, whether they're going to be healthy or not. Well, and even if they are healthy, you have to imagine they're not at 100%. Right. right? So if they're playing, they're certainly not playing – at full capacity. And so I would, I'll give Oklahoma a 40% chance to win this basketball game. Uh, I think particularly on their home floor against a tech team that has been streaky at times, has played some really good basketball, but uh, has had moments where they like Oklahoma uh, have kind of hurt themselves. I think there's an opportunity here for Oklahoma to get it done. It all comes down to consistency on the boards and it comes down to keeping the ball out of harm's way because Again, Mike, we've talked about it throughout the week. If there is one thing that you can point to as the absolute common denominator for Oklahoma this season, it has always been turnovers. Rebounding hasn't always been an issue. Outside shooting hasn't always been an issue. Foul trouble hasn't always been an issue. Turnovers have always been an issue for this team. Yeah, and when you're challenged offensively like Oklahoma is, they don't really have a go-to guy. They've got some good college basketball players, but they don't have the guy that you go, all right, let's just clear out and let this guy do what he does, like Jabari Smith you know, at Auburn or somebody. And by the way, great win by Arkansas last night. It was a great scene in Fayetteville, man. Eric Musselman was uh, crowd surfing without his shirt. How about that <laughs> dunk by Devontae Davis? That, that, looked, was the... that, that looked like All-Star Weekend, Oh, uh, That was the ex- – that, that looked straight out of a movie. 
movie. If honestly. you can do that, that was the exclamation game, point of uh, all exclamation. That points. was unbelievable. He bounced it off the floor at about the uh, free throw line, caught it in the air, and dunked it. Uh, to clinch it for Auburn in overtime as they end Auburn. What was it, a 19-game winning streak, I believe, for Auburn? As uh, And that was the first time that Arkansas had faced a number one team at Bud Walton Arena, which is kind of surprising when you consider Kentucky and John Calipari. But, uh, man, that, that place was rocking last night. Illinois-Purdue was pretty good, at least for a half, 84-68. The Boilermakers win it at Mackey Arena. Jaden Ivey, 26 points, 6 assists. He's a tremendous two-guard. Uh, North Carolina winning at Clemson. Brady Manick with a game-winning hoop there. You had, uh, how about West Virginia at home destroying Iowa State, 79-63 last night. The Cowboys losing Fort Worth to TCU, 77-73. Oklahoma State now 11-13 overall. They're 4-9 in the league. Isaac Likely, nice game, 19 points, 6 rebounds, 5 assists. The Cowboys will play that West Virginia team that just dominated Iowa State, and they will host the Mountaineers coming up uh, this weekend, Saturday at 1 o'clock. But again, tonight at the Lloyd Noble Center, it is Oklahoma and Texas Tech and an 8 o'clock tip-off at the LNC. You know, for Porter Moser, again, somebody was asking, man, has is, is this been a disappointing season for Porter Moser? And I'm like, well, uh, you know, he just doesn't have the horses right now. You've got a transitional roster that he put together, he's tried to Frankenstein together this basketball team to a certain extent, and you're trying to do that in the best conference in the country where you don't get, you know, a, a game you look at and say, that's a win and that's a win and that's a win. You just don't have that. I think as long as you conclude this season with a winning record, I don't think you can categorize this season as a disappointment for Oklahoma. Now, if this skid continues and they really start to slide down the stretch and the season continues to pirouette out of control, then maybe you start having that conversation about, man, you know, sure, the team was great in non-conference play, but uh, they weren't. Porter Moser didn't have them ready to compete in Big 12 play in a very competitive conference. But until then, you can't really chalk this up as a disappointment because of what you just said, Mike. With as much turnover as there was on that roster, a first-year head coach, your expectations can only be so high. And the ceiling has always been really high for this team. And I think they're going to be dangerous if they get into the NCAA tournament. I think they're capable of hanging with and beating just about anybody. But consistency has been a bugaboo, and turnovers have been a bugaboo for this team. And so, I, again, though, it's not a disappointment, and I don't think anybody should categorize it as a disappointment if the Sooners end up, say, 17-16 and 16 and on the outside looking in of the NCAA tournament. I don't think this is a year where Oklahoma fans expected uh, – that they were 100%, you know, lock it down, going to make the NCAA tournament, and going to win a couple games in March, you know. And so now come year two, once Moser has the chance to get some of his recruits in the mix, develop these guys over the course of an entire offseason, then you can kind of start to raise the bar and say, okay, uh, this team should be in the top 25, should be contending in the Big 12, should be able to go to places like Kansas and Austin and Waco and win basketball games or be uh, in the mix to win basketball games. But there's just so much that he has had to deal with as a coach over the course of his first offseason and first actual regular season as the Oklahoma head men's basketball coach. So I give a lot of credit to Porter for what he's been able to do because, to be honest, I don't think that there are a lot of coaches that could have done what he's already done with this team. 
and I think the future is really bright regardless of how this season turns out for Porter and the guys. I like uh, the hire. I still think it was a, a home run hire for OU, but again, you're just playing in a, a tremendously competitive league, and uh, they, they just need a few more horses is what they need. Exactly, and there's no shame in losing basketball games in the Big 12. No. Because the Big 12, it, it could be an eight-bid league right now, maybe a nine-bid league. It's a Big 12. It ain't intramurals, right? It ain't intramurals in the Big 12. No doubt about it. All right, Baylor at Kansas State also tonight in Manhattan. And uh, we've got the Thunder in action tonight hosting the Toronto Raptors, 7 o'clock at the Paycom Center on Valley Sports, Oklahoma. Josh Giddy going to be in the Taco Bell Skills Challenge on All-Star Weekend, uh, February 19th in Cleveland. All right, we'll break right here. Thank you, Tim Lasher and Lasher Home Comfort Systems. Appreciate your sponsorship of the first hour here on the program. Steel Man and Thune at noon. And uh, the lives of uh, Mule Shoe continue. And the USC PR machine keeps on cranking out interviews, national interviews. Man, they're everywhere, including Caleb Williams. We'll get to that when we get back. All right, welcome back. And Mule Shoe's been in the limelight with his buddy, his best buddy, Colin Cowherd, lately. Caleb Williams making a national appearance this morning on Good Morning America. And... Um, you know, my impressions were. What's that? It's hard not to like that kid. I yeah. know it's not cool seeing him to reunite with uh, Mule Shoe out in L.A., even though we all kind of expected that, uh, at least initially. And then it became a reality recently. Uh, headed to Southern Cal, but he's got a good personality, great smile, seems like a good kid. I don't wish any. Bad luck. Well, uh, yeah, a little bit of bad luck. I hope he plays well. <laughs> Actually, a lot of bad luck. I wish him a lot of bad luck. I hope he puts up good individual numbers, lives out his NFL dream, but I also hope USC, you know, goes 4-8 and eight again. But that's not going to happen. But uh, he seems like a really good kid. He really does. And uh, let's hear what he had to say this morning on Good Morning America. Man, you know what? Uh, the USC is getting a, getting Mule Shoe out there, and they're getting a lot of PR right now. There is no doubt about it. This was Caleb on Good Morning America this morning with Robin Roberts. Your Instagram, Caleb, this is what I want to say. You, you have a motto on there, and it says, always make your next move your best. So yes. why did you decide to make this move to USC? Um, first, um, about 10 years ago, my dad actually... Um, told me to make a list of schools that I wanted to go to. Um, and he said, one, you can't have Bama on there, Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I ended up choosing schools like uh, the, the West Coast schools out here. And um, first was USC, and um, dreams do come true. Um, next, it was, was obviously I had Coach Riley and everybody mm. else um, that came over from Oklahoma um, here. Uh, and that's, that's a, a certain sense of comfort um, when you have people like that here um, that you've been around for at least a year um, and, and talked to for more years uh, before that. There you go. But he didn't visit USC, right? I mean, maybe he had that as an initial thought when he put his list together. I don't know how old he was when that happened, but I don't know. Was he ever... USC was never a major player in his recruitment. Was there anybody no. else on the West Coast that was ever a major player for Caleb Williams? Because he said, in no. the West Coast. No, there wasn't. As I recall, his top five 
consisted of OU, Penn State, Clemson, Maryland, Maryland and LSU. Hmm. That was his top five. So, yeah, no West Coast schools even in the picture at that point. So, is he being schooled in the Mule Shoe uh, School of Creative Answering or what? <laughs> I don't know, man. It makes you wonder because you're right. You make a good point. He's a really likable guy. He is, And yes. that's the reason why the entire locker room grew to love him by the end of his true freshman season. And, in fact, long before the end of his true freshman season. And this is a dilemma because I want to see Caleb Williams do well, but I don't want to see USC do well. So what do I do? You want to see them lose games uh, 56 to 49 or something, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, but well, he, he seems if like we, if a really we know one thing about Muleshoe, that's possible. That's, that's yeah. very possible. It is, absolutely. Now, this was an interesting question. The second question that Robin Roberts asked Caleb Williams was, well, hey, how, how have the Oklahoma fans reacted since? Um, they, they reacted uh, kind of how I expected them to. Um, I, I, I appreciate um, all the OU fans, I love all the OU fans, um, all the love and support that they have given me um, throughout the season when I wasn't playing, um, before I got there, and then after um, I was playing. Um, kind of, you know, they'll always be in my heart. <laughs> I know that they will, and you had such a breakout year for them. Oh, I know that they will. It was interesting. His eyes got a little bit bigger when he was asked that question. Kinda really? Thought, well, um, let's see, a good, pretty good pretty good so i don't know like i said i i like caleb williams i wish him the best i don't blame any of this on caleb williams i completely get that he came mainly to the university of oklahoma to play for lincoln riley so i do not blame him i do think that the entire process of him in the portal carried out way too long i don't know how much the dad played a role in that you know uh and the people who uh, are you know associated with the williams camp how much of that was the kid running the show? How much of it was the dad running the show? We don't know. But I do like Caleb Williams. He's a phenomenal talent. He wasn't perfect last year. We saw that once he played against the better defenses down the stretch of the Big 12, he was not uh, Superman yet. Uh, he found his kryptonite against Baylor and against uh, Oklahoma State to an extent. And, you know, but he's going to get better. He's going to be in the NFL, and he's going to have a long, productive career, you would think, if he stays on the same career uh, path that he's on right now. And, uh, you know, he's just got phenomenal talent. It does make you wonder, though, how somebody so likable could form such a bond of loyalty with someone so unlikable. I know. You know, and that's what. I bl- this is all on Muleshoe, all of this. And then yesterday, his uh, – you know, answer about the portal. I mean, this guy really and truly, you can tell, thinks he's the smartest guy in the room. And here's how I'm going to answer this because I know I might be asked about it. It wouldn't surprise me with Cowherd. They're such buddies now that, you know, hey, why don't you ask me about taking OU players? I got an answer for that. You know, it wouldn't surprise me one bit. Yeah, pre-screening. Yeah, and I really like Cowherd, but, man, he's starting to – I'm starting to get a little uh, perturbed there, too, because I think he does a really good job. And he's gigging the Oklahoma fans like he did today on the – you know. I know. Listen, you can you can have your UC – you can have your USC fandom. Just don't come for our boys party, Marty and Firecracker eating Frank, okay? That's right. That's, that's the line, Colin. And if you don't know what we're talking about, uh, Colin Cowherd sent out a tweet earlier today. Robin Roberts tweeted out, next on GMA, quarterback Caleb Williams joins us live to talk about his big move from Oklahoma to USC. 
And it was quote tweeted, quote, wow, uh, sounds like Peter Brady and the Brady Bunch when he was going through that change. Uh, quote tweeted by Colin Cowherd, who tweeted this. At Oklahoma, he appeared on the local AM radio show, Party Marty and Firecracker Eating Frank in the morning. And, of course, the OU fans came after him, but that's that's what he desired, so I guess we fell into the trap. But the OU fans are not very happy with him. But th- this is, again, all on Muleshoe. I mean, that was such a swarmy, you know, cheesy political answer he gave. Like I said, if this guy ever gets out of football, he'd be perfect in politics. Perfect. Because politics are pretty much evil, particularly on the national level, no matter what side you're on. You just have to lie, pretty much. And Lincoln Riley is highly skilled at that, we've come to find out. Air Comfort Solutions text line, one of our listeners says, 100%. He and Cow Turd got together to discuss the questions asked. 100%. It wouldn't surprise me. You know what we haven't done for Muleshoe yet? We we got the committee together here at the Institute, and uh, we decided again that we're not mentioning him by name anymore. We never had the formal ceremony for... uh, He's now known as Muleshoe or Tebow, whatever you want to call him. So uh, let's perform the ceremony right now for him. The honor card is met. His name will never be mentioned again by a member of the Institute. Let him go from us forever. Let him begin the walk of shame. And as he walks by... The OU administration, they just do turn their backs on him as he walks right between them. Yes. What a ceremony right there. That's an old old classic. Now, here's the story on uh, the Walk of Shame. We haven't heard that in in a long time, but I put that together. It's from the movie The Lords of Discipline way back in the 80s. I put that together. I recorded it with a Marantz tape recorder off a VHS tape on my TV. Edited the clip right here. That was what then was KNOR. And Al Eschbach was coming over here. And I put it on cart. And I said, Al, man, anybody who does something stupid, I got something for you. So he ran the walk of shame for years and years and years. And I gave it to him. And eventually the cart made it all the way to other stations. And eventually the cart, after all those years, just stopped. So... And I thought, i got to find that again. And I ended up finding it. I'd been searching so long, just like Chicago, and found it. So the Walk of Shame is back. It probably hasn't been heard in about 15 years. Look, can we do one for Clark Stroud, too? Because he deserves the same treatment. The honor card is met. His name will never be mentioned again by a member of the Institute. Let him go from us forever. Let him begin the Walk of Shame. Okay, Air Comfort Solutions text line. Somebody said, Steely, Eshback has been looking for that for a year now. It's been well over a year. Well over. I think it's probably been a long time. But I have the intellectual rights to it because I got the walk of shame and I gave it to Al with my permission. And Al hasn't had that for a long time. I might, you know, but it was perfect for Muleshoe. I couldn't resist. 
A uh, couple other options. So every, everybody, like I mean everybody, somehow is making the mule shoe Bill Clinton comparison mm-hmm. on the text line. Like I rarely have I ever seen the exact same sentiment echoed so many times by so many different people. So I don't know. Did he say something that I missed that just really sounded something like Bill Clinton said back in the day? I I don't know. Regardless. Uh, so there's that, and then apparently. Couple listeners have said that the podcast on the prairie was commenting on what Lincoln had to say, what Muleshoe had to say. Yeah, I about the transfer portal. A little bit that this morning. I was trying to get some clips off YouTube. They haven't put it on YouTube yet. Uh, maybe Tyler will have some clips uh, a little bit later. Uh, you can grab off Spotify. But I listened to some of that with Dylan Gabriel this morning. So there you go. For uh, Muleshoe, uh, somebody said. <laughs> Clark Stroud has been living his life riding other people's coattails for years. Good job. Okay. I, I mean, they're not wrong. <laughs> just hanging on to the coattails, just being dragged <laughs> dragged into oh, positions. I, I know so many people like that, too. That's the thing. Like, there, there are people who think they're special because they become essentially professional coattail riders. Mm-hmm. There are people like that. Yeah, there are. Clark Stroud is one of them. Yeah. All right, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you to Tim Lasher. Lasher, Home Comfort System, sponsoring our first hour here on The Ref. It is Steel Man and Thune with you on a Wednesday. Appreciate you being here. Tim Lasher and his company, they'll do a great job for you. Any heating and air issue you have, you need a tune-up, whatever, they will do a fantastic job for you. Joe Bettner joins us. Eyes on Oklahoma, Sooner Football Newsletter, coming up next. He had a great tweet yesterday. About what Muleshoe said about the portal. He's been on a he's been on a bit of a Twitter heater lately. He has, no doubt. We'll talk to Joe coming up next. Joe Bedner, he is the CEO. Eyes on Oklahoma Sooner Football Newsletter joining us right now on the law offices of Rod Polston, Oklahoma Tax Resolution. I got Mike. Joe on the phone, Mike, and I was immediately reprimanded. Because uh, first thing he did when it, when he answered the phone, he was like, Parker, do you know how no hitters work? And I said, yeah, I'm really not sure where you were going with this. And he was like, you don't mention a Twitter heater while I'm still on it. Ah, so there you apparently, go. He's right. Yeah. Apparently I messed with the karma there. He's so my right. apologies to Joe and the rest of uh, Oklahoma Twitter. But he is now with us here on the program. All right. Uh, so, Joe, you had a very well-received tweet yesterday uh, comparing what Lincoln Riley had said, Muleshoe, about the uh, the portal and uh, his his new stance, apparently, on the portal. It seems to change quite a bit. What was your tweet yesterday? Explain it to everybody if they haven't seen it. Oh, man. Uh, well, yesterday, just with uh, you know, Lincoln Riley's put out quite a few quotes about the transfer portal, and we've seen them, and all laughed and just kind of, you know, lived in the, the irony that, that is some of the quotes that have been out there. But it, I don't know what happened, but I just rem- it, for some reason I remembered that the last National Signing Day was kind of in the middle of that whole Chandler Morris thing, and it made me think of that comment he made. And so that, that you know, that right there is just kind of where we're at with college football. And I, I think that with those two tweets, and someone mentioned this, that, they didn't think that there was anything inherently wrong with them, but it's just the context around them as, as far as you've got assistant coaches that have, you know, been, you know, recruiting for both sides at one point, and you've got compliance, you know, teams, you know, in, in place to, you know, trying to figure out if there, there's violations. When that, when that stuff comes up, I, I feel like it's harder for you to stand on a, you know, that there's tampering. We need guardrails for the transfer portal. I just feel like it doesn't add up, but, uh, 
yeah, that was a uh, <laughs> that was that was quite the discovery, and I feel like we're going to get. I mean, it just feels like at this rate we're going to get a lot more uh, contradictory statements from a. Uh, from old mule shoes, you like to say, Steely. <laughs> what do you think of the reality, Joe, that uh, all of a sudden, now that Caleb Williams is a Trojan, his media access is unlimited? <laughs> I mean, and once again, I'm not trying to be like, you know, t- taking shots at, you know, big TV networks, but going on Good Morning America does not hold the weight in 2022 that it did 20 years ago. So it's, I don't think it's that big of a deal that, you know, Caleb Williams, you know, gets on that show and, you know, gets to talk about his companies he's investing in, which is, it's fine. That's, I think that's the platform to do that kind of thing, but it is strange that, you know, we, we were all told that, you know, that, you know, and it is a consistent thing with Lincoln Riley that he did not let freshmen talk, but, you know, this idea that these guys are not equipped to handle the media when he was clearly able to handle the pressures of leading a comeback from you know at 28 to 7 deficit and can play in one of the most hostile environments but he can't field a question from John Hoover I just I don't buy that like he, I think he can I think he can take that but that that's just my opinion and I'm sure there's you know there were a lot of OU fans that you know kind of called me out for whining about it and I was whining about it a little bit but it, it just at the end of the day it's one of those things that there are going to be a lot of things that change with the situation and how USC presents itself. And when you've got a program that hasn't done a lot on the field, you kind of have to create your own buzz off of it. So I think that's just kind of where we're at. Joe Bednar, our guest, uh, Eyes on Oklahoma Sooner Football Newsletter, joining us here on this Wednesday. Uh, so what do you make of the, the current state of the OU fan base and and some radio hosts that are excited about Brent Venables and the staff that uh, the Sooners have put together, it looks like it's it's a really tailor-made staff with a very enthusiastic, well-qualified head coach to make that journey to the SEC. Yet a lot of us still can't get over, you know, fuming when we see a certain individual on the TV and seeing his comments. Um, how long do you think that's going to take for people, including certain radio hosts? I think that – the first the first game that OU wins and then there will be a Lincoln Riley's not going undefeated at USC when when USC loses a game I think that'll be therapeutic I think when OU gets out on the field wins some games under Brett Venables things will get better I feel like a year from now we're going to look back at this and kind of laugh at least I hope so because I do think the fan base is rightfully upset um I, I think it's strange the the amount of Texas and USC fan, strangely Texas fans and USC fans in my mentions telling me to move on. I'm just I'm just reporting the facts here. Um, but th- there are a lot of there are a lot of hurt feelings. But this is still a pretty fresh thing. Uh, I know that it's not fun right now, but it's all going to get better. I, I think that Oklahoma football is just going to be just fine, no matter how low or not ranked they are. Way too early top 25 rankings. Uh, I think things are fine. The you know the Brett Venables and the, you mentioned the staff is just. It, I think that I would have a lot more worry if it wasn't for the staff that Brett Venables put in place. But you go out and get Jeff Levy and Todd Bates. I mean, you're you're doing something right, and uh, they, they've got a you know one of the best rosters I think returning in the country, which I think kind of is getting overlooked. I mean, you go look at the S and P numbers. I don't know if you guys are advanced analytics guys, but. I mean, Oklahoma is just going to be fine on the football field in 2022. What stood out to you most from Brent Venable's press conference last week, Joe? Anything in particular that uh, really caught your attention? Just how long it was. <laughs> um, I mean, 
this is, I mean, this is kind of, you know, I know a lot of people are, aren't, you know, super high on like Alex Grinch, but one of the things I always enjoyed about like Alex Grinch press conferences was how candid and kind of open he was about things. He was very long winded. You could tell that, you know, if you ask him a football question, he's going to give you 15 minutes on the topic. I mean, he's got plenty to say. And I like that kind of same quality in Brent that you can tell how he lights up talking about not just football, you know, X's and O's, but just kind of the minutia of things that, you know, are, are off the field. You can just tell that this is a guy that lives and breathes it. I don't think that, and once again, I, I try not to take too many shots at like a guy like Lincoln Riley. I know that you guys probably <laughs> welcome it, but I mean, the, the way that he ran Oklahoma felt more how like, you know, someone out in Silicon Valley would run a company as opposed to the way that I think Brent Venables is trying to come in. And I don't think he's trying to make Clemson 2.0 because I think Oklahoma has a big brand. They're a blue blood and they've got the resources to be successful. I think no matter who the coach is, you know, in place there, it obviously has to be the right coach, but the, the infrastructure is there. But I think that the way that Brent Venables is carrying this program, I think it's just, it's the direction you want to go in. Because I think that as far as, you know, all this NIL stuff, transfer portal stuff, when it comes down to football, Brent gets it. And that's the thing that I think I take away from every time after hearing him talk, you know, with, with the media. All right, Joe, before we let you go, it feels kind of like the uh, the Sooners' last stand. Actually, the last couple games have kind of felt like that um, in basketball. But uh, an opportunity again, it's, you're, you're just hanging on, according to Joe Lenardi in the latest Bracketology. But if you can beat a top-10 team tonight, uh, all of a sudden you get a little more fuel going again in the tank. Uh, what do you think of the matchup with Tech and OU tonight? Um, I mean, I think this is a, one of those games where if – you know, if Oklahoma doesn't go on a bit of a slide that they've had, that, you know, it's a game you can lose, but your strength of schedule has, you know, kept them in uh, as far they've kept them in, you know, within the, you know, instantly tournament field as of now. But I mean, you're really staring at, you know, you really can't afford, I mean, you, you've really got to kind of go on a, a Cinderella run in February to, to make this thing happen because, you know, just offensively, they're just not where they need to be. And I think that, when you've got a hodgepodge of players like Oklahoma does, it's just, it hasn't all come quite together. I think that the way that we all kind of saw in December, but the, the, I think there's time for, you know, Porter Mosier. And if you, if you believe in him as a head coach, which I, I don't think anyone's jumping off the bandwagon quite yet, even though it's been a little bit of a tougher year and it's probably hard, you know, look over at what Jenny Baranchek is doing with the, with the women's team and, and her first season. So I get a little bit of the, the disappointment that's happened, but this is, you know, one of the best leagues, it, I mean, it, it is the best college basketball league in the country. You can put me on record saying that, but uh, it, it's, it's been a tough go, but I think it's still one of those, one of those things that Porter Mosier, I wouldn't count them out. Texas Tech is a really, really good team, but uh, a few injuries here and there. I think that uh, Rothstein reported that they, they've got some guys that are game time decisions. So you never know what can happen. It's February. It's, you know, kind of kicking into high gear. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how this team finishes out, it's, uh, finishes out its regular season slate. Joe, we always appreciate your time. Thank you very much. We'll uh, talk again soon. Look forward to it, guys. Thank you. Joe Bedner, Eyes on Oklahoma Sooner Football Newsletter. And, uh, yeah, the Sooners and the Red Raiders tonight, 8 o'clock on ESPNU. Oklahoma, man, they are in dire need, desperate need. They need a W in the worst way. Maybe they can get it tonight. All right. I want to talk about the Sooners and the Combine when we get back. We'll do that next here on The Ref. 
All right, we are back. Winding up hour number one here on Steel Man and Thune at noon on the Ref Radio Network. Big weekend at Riverwind. Uh, how would you like to win a brand new 2022 Mercedes? A Mercedes Benz Class 250C. Good looking vehicle out there on the floor right now at Riverwind Casino, and you can win it in the $70,000 Keys to My Heart giveaway. The drawing is happening this Saturday night from 7 to 11.30 p.m. Uh, they are going to give away a bunch of cash and bonus play. $10,000 in cash and bonus play during the preliminary drawings held every 30 minutes again between 7 p.m. and 11.30 p.m. And then just before midnight, Five grand prize winners will be drawn out, and four of those winners are going to uh, receive $2,500 in cash and $1,000 in bonus play. And one of those lucky winners, the grand prize winners, five of them, one of them is going to win the 2022 Mercedes, which you can see out uh, at Riverwind right now. The $70,000 Keys to My Heart promotional drawing is happening on Saturday. Play with your wild card. you got one more chance tomorrow. Tomorrow, Thursday, uh, until midnight to get out there, get some points on your wild card, and try and rack up 15 times the entry so you have a better chance to hear your name call. And uh, get the keys to that brand-new Mercedes out at Riverwind. Simply the best. Okay, Parker, of the, the Sooners have 11 uh, combine, combine invitees. Uh, Delarian Turner-Yell, Nick Benito, Perion Winfrey, Isaiah Thomas, Brian Osamoa, Kennedy Brooks, Jeremiah Hall, uh, Tyrese Robinson, Marquise Hayes, Mike Woods, and Gabe Burkich. Uh, Second most combine invites tied with Alabama and just behind Georgia with 12. But the Sooners in Alabama have 11. Uh, Give me four, the the top four you think that will make an impact in the NFL out of that group of 11. Well, I would say after his senior bowl performance, Perrion Winfrey has to be at the top of that list, right? I mean, good gracious. Nick Benito and well, rushers, and you listen, need, those yeah. guys are very important in the NFL. I, I think he, here's where I stand on Benito. Uh, he is dominant, no question about it, and you saw that. He was arguably the most impactful edge rusher in the country over the past two seasons. He's got to bulk up, though, I think. It, it And it kind of depends on his ultimate fit in the NFL. Is he going to be an edge rusher? Is he going to be an outside linebacker? What is the team that ultimately dr- ends up drafting Nick Benito? What, what is their vision for him? And I think he's best suited to rush the passer. I mean, you look at the production, the numbers don't lie. His pressure rate in comparison to everyone else in college football over the last two years is off the charts. Right. So that said... It's one thing to rush the passer off the edge against Big 12 offensive linemen. It's another thing entirely to rush the passer off the edge against NFL offensive linemen. So uh, I think the biggest thing for Nick Benito will just be getting himself into NFL shape because you can get away with being 232 pounds at the collegiate level as an edge rusher. I'm not sure you can get away with that in the NFL. So uh, Nick Benito is certainly on my list. I think I would have Perrion Winfrey at the top, though, just because physically I think he's so ready. Um, another guy that I would add to the list there is Delarian Turner Yale. And look, nobody is higher on that guy than I am. Um, I have been pounding the drum for Delarian Turner Yale for years now, and he's not the biggest guy. I get that. He's what five eleven on a good day. So I understand that maybe the, uh, the frame and, uh, just the physical tools that he has at his disposal, those might be a bit of, bit of a concern because 
You know, you'd rather have a Cam Chancellor type in the back end of your mm-hmm. defense than a guy like Delarian Turner Yell. But what you can't measure is just the way he plays the game, his aggression, man. And he's as secure a tackler from the safety position as you'll find. And I think that dude's going to have a lot of success at the next level. And I'm very curious to see what becomes of Kennedy Brooks. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting. He's no not doubt. a guy that is going to crack anybody's first round radar. Right, and he he's, he's not going to light up the combine either. I no, he's think, not. Right, the, and, but like, it, all he does is he, he he gets yards and he finds creases and he's he's the guy that always turned in a, what looked like a two yard gain into a seven yard gain or would would pop another one right, uh, kind of like he did in the Texas. It's game. kind of the it's it's the Wayne Crebet factor, right? You can't really figure out how he does it. He just mm-hmm. does it, man, and that's all you know is that he does it. Brian Osamoa had a really good uh, senior bowl. That and he, did. he had a good year for OU, Brian Osamoa did. Yeah. Uh, I wonder who's going to be like the Trey Norwood of this group th- that we look at and say, man, um, you know, I thought he you know, could make an NFL I roster. I think that guy could be Marquise Hayes. You think so? I think Marquise Hayes could be one guy that gets drafted with a late-round selection but that really surprises some people and starts to blossom at the next level. Isaiah Thomas? I, d- I kind of have the same feeling about Isaiah Thomas as, as I Benito. do about Nick Benito. It's, it's just, yeah. he's either got to lock into being a hand in the dirt defensive end, and if that's what he's going to do, he's got to add 10, 15 pounds. Uh, or maybe, maybe he becomes a linebacker. Like, that's the thing. He's athletic enough to do that. I So I don't know what his. He's he's a tweener right now. That's the best way I can put it. He's a tweener, and I don't know what role he ultimately fills in the NFL. He's also got the frame where he could put on thirty pounds and be a defensive tackle, like a Keith Trailer, you know, who mm-hmm. yeah. uh, ultimately was. I, he came into the NFL as a linebacker, ended up playing nose tackle at three hundred and forty pounds. So there's a lot you can do with Isaiah Thomas. He's going to be a blank canvas for an NFL team. All right. Uh, thank you to Tim Lasher and Lasher Home Comfort Systems for sponsoring our first hour here on the Home of Sooner Fans, the Ref Radio Network, Steel Man and Thune. Another hour to go. Coming up, I love what Roy Williams had to say about Schmitty's workouts and what they mean to a football team. We'll hear what he had to say coming up top of the hour. Keep it here. Yes, here we are on a Wednesday. Welcome in. Hour number two. Brought to you by the Seth Wadley Auto Group in Paul's Valley. Exit 72 for a great deal on a car or truck from the Seth Wadley Auto Group. And a great guarantee, oil changes, engines for life on newer used gas or diesel at no additional cost to you. All right. Uh, Good to have you along. We've got the Sooners playing tonight against Texas Tech at the LNC, 8 o'clock on ESPNU. The Red Raiders, number nine in the country. We'll see how healthy the Red Raiders are when they take the floor tonight. The Sooners in uh, desperate need of a victory tonight, no doubt about it. The uh, the Thunder is home tonight, playing the uh, Toronto Raptors. Uh, Josh Giddy having a really good year and was selected to compete in the uh, Taco Bell Skills Challenge also the weekend of February 19th in Cleveland for the All-Star is that like Is that where they eat all the items on the Taco Bell menu? Yes, as quickly system, as possible. I think Joey Chestnut is going to be in there too. As you know, they, no, actually, it's you know, you know what it is. Um, Buddy Heald traded to the Indiana Pacers. We talked about that yesterday. Buddy Heald, Tyrese Halliburton, and uh, Tristan Thompson to Indianapolis. The Kings getting Demonis Sabonis, former Thunder uh, forward, who played one season in Oklahoma City. Jeremy Lamb, uh, Justin Holiday, and a 2027 second-round pick. In the NBA last night, man, the Lakers, what a catastrophe. What a catastrophe the Lakers are 
26 and 29, hammered by Milwaukee. Uh, they were down 30 at one point. They lose by 15. Uh, Frank Vogel again benched Russ, but he benched everybody in the fourth quarter because they had no shot. So, uh, but the Lakers, man, just a total disaster. The Suns beat the Sixers in a big matchup. Phoenix still the best record in the NBA at 44 and 10. Trey Young continues his hot streak. Uh, he's been you know, on a streak all year long, starting in the All Star game. Uh, Atlanta beat the Indiana Pacers last night again. Uh, Trey Young with 34 points, 11 assists. And how about the Nets, man? They've dropped nine games in a row. They are uh, totally cratering without Kevin Durant. James Harden, Ben Simmons, trade talks, uh, apparently, according to Brian Windhorst, are still uh, happening. But the Celtics, at one point I saw it was Boston 25, Blake Griffin 2 in that game last night. Blake Griffin, uh, you know, <laughs> all kinds of tweets with him in Thank goodness for Blake Griffin. Thank you for your effort. It was 25-2 to two Celtics. And, again, the Nets have lost nine in a row. But we want to talk Sooner football. That's mainly what we do right here. And Dylan Gabriel appeared on the podcast on the Prairie, which is really good. Jeremiah Hall, Braden Willis do an excellent job on that. Um, they hadn't put it on YouTube yet, so I wasn't able to put uh, cut any audio yet. Uh, but I did listen to some of it, and I heard Dylan Gabriel talking about, you know, the early workouts with Schmitty. You know, they started lifting on Monday. Everything else was the, the running. Uh-huh. And he said, yeah, they're pretty tough, you know, but I, I, I think it's going to start getting tougher, uh, you know, in, in the summer and lifting. Uh, is getting tougher, too. So, look, Jerry Schmidt, he's going to work them hard. There is no doubt. Uh, Roy Williams, the real Superman in Sooner Football lore, uh, was on the podcast with those guys uh, about a week ago and talked about Schmidt's workouts. And remember, Braden Willis, obviously, is still on the roster at OU. Uh, and Roy Williams talked about Schmidt's workouts will definitely pay off for this football team. My guys in the locker room, my teammates – became young men to men in those winter workouts, um, um, summer workouts, all that. Like, I mean, Schmitty's going to get you guys, right? Like, there's a me- I'll say this. There's a method to his madness, okay? I don't know how extreme he's going to be with you guys compared to when I was there. Right. But, you know, we used to think, like, dude, why Schmitty is killing us? But I promise you, come game time, dude – we would finish a game blowing somebody out or have a, a close game. And I literally felt like I can go another game. Mm-hmm. Like I would go in for after the end of the game. And I was like, dude, I'm ready to go again. Like that's just how we felt. And injuries are going to go way down because we're going to be so well conditioned. I mean, like y'all going to be right. Like I, I kid y'all not. Y'all going to be right. There you go. Encouraging words, and uh, I think that Sooner fans universally, number one, when, when Jerry Schmidt, when Muleshoe made his move for uh, the Pilates instructor and reality star Benny Wiley, people were like, what is going on, really? So Jerry Schmidt's going to have to go? That's not cool. That should have been our first hint that the man is, he's a wolf in sheep's clothing is what he is. I'm talking about Muleshoe, of course. But um, I, I think Sooner fans, you know, as as they were ecstatic, you know, I, I'll never forget that scene when Brent Venables got off the plane at Max Westheimer Airport and how ecstatic the Sooner fans were. And then to get Jeff Levy um, 
Todd Bates was kind of like getting an extra Christmas present. Wait a minute, there's another present here? Oh, my God, this is <laughs> that's unbelievable. A, that's a real good way of putting it. Well, both him and Jay Je- Valai because yeah, they had to wait yeah. on Valai until after the national championship. That's game. right, yeah, absolutely. Uh, but uh, OU fans were also equally as fired up to hear that Schmitty was coming back. Very fired up about that. Super fired up about it. So That was one of Venable's first hires, right, because I remember yeah. that. That happened early December. Not, I think probably the week after Venables was introduced as head coach. That was, uh, that that must have been high on the priority list. The uh, which hire surprised you the most in a really good way? Was it Todd Bates? Well, Miguel along? Chavis. Miguel Chavis. Really? Definitely. Like, and I know a, a lot of that is hindsight's twenty twenty. But as surprising as that hire was, and how immediately it paid off with Chavis uh, getting signatures from three blue chip guys in his position group on National Signing Day. Like I I know a lot of OU fans probably were looking sideways at the addition of Miguel Chavis and saying, "Why on earth would Brent Venables bring along that guy?" Like he's never been a positional coach before and he's just one of he's just one of Venables' good old boys from Clemson, right? Why is he coming along? And you very quickly found out why he was coming along. Yeah, it knocked it out of the park in recruiting, man. Absolutely knocked it out of the park. So, yeah, Sooner fans excited about him as well. All right, from Big Red Rick, he is uh, saying, Steely, love you, man, but you seem a little obsessed with LR. Are you having nightmares about him as well? JK. Hmm. Am I having nightmares? I did have a dream the other night that, and uh, it never got violence, but I did have a dream the other night that I broke into the uh, USC uh, football coaching offices, and it sounded something like this. Okay! What's wrong? Mother What's wrong? Sick and tired of you, mother No, 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 no. Hold on. You don't want to make you dead. You don't want to Start with me! Don't do it. Don't do it. You do not wanna with me! You understand me? You mother you little bit. Don't do it. You'll be in the hospital in about four minutes. Look, take him out of here. It is not yours, you priest. Don't engage it. Don't engage. Calm down. Don't engage. And uh, I'm very impressed you found a secondary use for that clip. I was eventually uh, hauled away from the football offices for, uh, by a Paul Blart mall cop looking guy. They got me out of there. So, no damage done. <laughs> oh, man. Who's second on the schedule? I want to suit up for Rice. I want to suit up preferred walk on status. You think they'd take it, old man? This out of shape? I mean, it's Rice. So. Yeah, they don't got a whole lot of options on the table as it is. I I want to run out and break the banner. Not that Rice would have a banner playing in the Coliseum, but I'm not obsessed. Okay, partially obsessed. Partially, not totally, but partially, and and that percentage goes down just a little bit every day. You're the voice of the fan, Steely. I think that's your appeal. You know, a lot of people feel exactly how you're feeling. I, but I promise you, I'm not trying to be the boy. This is how I feel. This is, I mean, like I said, I see the guy on TV and I start, my blood starts boiling. And then when I hear what he says, I'm like, dude, oh my, you know, it just freaking, you'll see, you know, it just drives me insane. Yeah. And I don't want that to detract from what I think is a, a good situation now in Oklahoma. And I think particularly. On the road, they're traveling towards the SEC, which is going to be a lot more. Uh, they're going to be a lot more 
uh, you know, road bumps and a lot more challenges than the Big 12, where it was kind of like the Autobahn for a while. You just felt like it was smooth sailing for OU. Um, that this is the staff they need. I think that's uh, how a lot of Sooner fans feel. But again, when you're from you're the great state of Oklahoma, man, you expect better treatment, a little classier treatment. You don't expect some egomaniac who thinks he's smarter than everybody else and starting to believe that he's really a genius. You don't like a guy treating you like that and then going on the TV and continuing to lie. This guy's the Bernie Madoff of college football. Where, he where, and Brian Kelly. Where are you on the uh, stages of grief at this point, Mike? Anger. Really? Still there? Oh, yeah. Still on stage one? Oh, yeah. Oh, boy. Okay. Well, uh, and Sigmund Freud see, I could don't, come back and I don't he know, would go, Mike, like, man, I'm giving up on this, dude. Yeah. It's – I don't know. I guess I – from my perspective, like – the fact that Muleshoe went out to USC doesn't really affect me as much. I guess just because, like, my day-to-day is covering recruiting. And so when you mm-hmm. get a new coach like Brent Venables, you know, everybody's excited about that. And all the recruits are pumped to see what the new vibes at Oklahoma are. So, like, it really – it I wouldn't say uh, it affected me nearly as deeply as it f- affected you. It is, it is nonetheless and no doubt very fun – uh, to get on here and participate in the uh, the mule shoe bid, and also just to like, just as like a casual observer mm-hmm. too, yeah, to just... watch all of the hypocrisy that is coming from Los Angeles over the past couple of weeks, it's just like it's straight out of a sitcom. It's it's very angry. And again, where was I born? Norman, Oklahoma. I was baptized in. Uh, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, and the Sooner Spirit. And it, it's affected me deeply. I, I totally, and, and I know that it's a little bit ridiculous. It's actually a lot, a bit ridiculous. But I can't, I, I just wish the guy would, uh, I don't know. I just, whenever he's on TV, like yesterday, I was trying to get to the remote. I couldn't find it. I was ready to turn it off. So anyway, and then you got his buddy, Colin Cowherd now. I mean... He feels, oh, these Oklahoma fans are so mean. They got done wrong, Colin, all right? You out there in La La Land, you're all about yourself. We're about people here, okay? That's the difference. Good people here in Oklahoma? Including but not limited to Firecracker Eating Frank and Party Marty. That's exactly right. I'm sure they've got great values, both of them. The people out there? All about themselves. That's it. Period. This is the heartland. And that was a shot and to the heart in your two blame. You get Oh, no, you went you went a little acapella Bon Jovi on us there. Sorry. I'm losing my mind, is what's happening. I am losing my mind. I'm gonna try and find some sanity again when we get back. All right. Yeah, very interesting uh, comments there from Roy Williams, though. Let's talk a little uh, Sooner basketball. We also have Nate Fakin uh, from Channel 4 Sports coming up at 135. A lot more to talk about. Let's also get to the Air Comfort Solutions text line when we get back, 405-651-3439. Oh, I'm looking back in plenty of anger, Oasis, and that anger is not going to subside for a while. Be right back. All right, welcome back. Nate Fakin, 
Channel 4 Sports coming up here in our next segment. Thanks again to the Seth Wadley Auto Group in Paul's Valley for sponsorship of hour number two here on Steelman and Thune on the Ref Radio Network. Home of Sooner fans, the Air Comfort Solutions text line always available to you. 405-651-3439. That's 405-651-3439. Parker, you want to go there now? <coughs> whoa, whoa. You all right? I, I about choked for a second live on the air. Okay. Um, Steely represents how over 90% of the fans feel about Tebow. That's via the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Look, I, I, I get it. There are some people, uh, I think TJ got an email, tell Steely to settle down and move on past Lincoln Ryan. I'm trying. I, I'm really, you know, but there's there's some anger here. There is some anger. Like I said, when that happened, it uh, – I. It, I realized that, and look, when, when you're in a reporter's role and you're a beat writer and stuff, we're here to give opinions and try and entertain and give you information, too. Never want to shortchange you on that, ever. But make it entertaining, make it opinionated, have some fun with it. I, I mean, after all, this is just sports. But uh, at the same time, I kind of thought, man, it, that, that like wounded the five-year-old Mike Steely who was designing his own OU football program and stapling it together as a five-year-old, you know, drawing pictures of all the OU players and that kind of stuff. It's like, you just don't do OU like he did OU, which was down and dirty, down Uh, and dirty. And Trace Armstrong, the agent, man, that dude, that, I mean. Oh, man, I forgot. That's the dude that's the common denominator between Muleshoe and Brian Kelly. that's right. That guy's evil, pure evil. That dude is the wingman for the scumbags. I mean, he's sacrificing chickens or something on some altar somewhere, right? <laughs> Jeez. Drinking their blood or something. That guy. I mean, he's all that's wrong again. There are good agents and bad agents. This guy, I mean, come on. Sacrificing chickens. Oh, man. The Air Comfort Solutions sex line would like to know why we haven't heard from Uncle on the Caleb Williams situation. I don't know. We we may soon, but um, it, it's been very strange that he's been very silent. I hope he's in a, in a good uh, place health-wise. My guess is he's probably not. But I know this. Uncle was always a big Jerry Schmidt fan, so I'm sure he's happy about that. It, it, he'll, he'll surface again at some point. One of our listeners would like to know, who do you think scores – for the Bengals this weekend, Samaj P. Ryan, Joe Mixon, or both? Hmm. You got to go with Mixon first. I mean, and look, uh, Samaj caught that 40 yard uh, touchdown pass, too, so he can catch the football out of the backfield. But I mean, you got to go with Mixon first. Do I think they'll both score? Probably not. But I'm, like I said, I hope they both play well. You know, you got five Sooners in this game. Jordan Evans also for Cincinnati. Uh, Bobby Evans, Obo Okoronkwo, obviously for the Rams. But, uh, man, it, how much football have Joe Mixon and Samaje played together now? Quite a bit. Right? Yeah, well, how long has Samaje been in Cincinnati? It's been a couple – I think this is his second stint with them, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I think that's right. A, he was with the, the – what Dolphins was in the Redskins The Redskins, Redskins was uh, – Drafted They, they originally drafted right. him. Samaje but, yes, they have been members of the same backfield for quite a while now. Um, let's see what else we have via the Air Comfort Solutions text line. I have moved on. 
However, I will be watching USC this fall. I suspect they will be soft, just like we were. Hey, can we play uh, Brandon Walker? OU is upgrading. Uh, we played a portion of this yesterday, and he's on the Unnecessary Roughness podcast, Barstool. OU, so the OU fans were calling him Mark Davis because he basically said, get over it, move the F on, blah, blah, blah. And he, he explained the other day that why OU fans need to be moving on at this point because he said he believes that OU is upgrading now. You're Oklahoma. You're a top 10 program in this country, probably around four to seven. You're an elite program with elite fan base, with elite resources, with elite recruiting. You traded for a better coach. Lincoln Riley was about to walk into the SEC with his pillow soft style of football, with his quarterbacks and receivers, and his not playing defense, and was going to get you embarrassed. You were not going to keep up with the good defenses and the good offenses of the SEC, and it was going to get you embarrassed. So what'd you do? He went to the West Coast, and you got Brent Venables, somebody who's built SEC caliber rosters, somebody who has won recruiting battles against Georgia and Auburn and Alabama, and who has built national championship defenses. Brent Venables is exactly what you needed to go to the SEC. Okay, aside from the sentiment, Brandon Walker, like as I listen to him, he just sounds like an Arkansas fan that's recording a podcast in his basement on a webcam with mm-hmm. one of those cheese heads that's just a giant razorback. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. that's the vibe he gives off. But he's right there, don't you think? I mean, in terms of and look, oh, I'm he's not, definitely right. I'm not. I'm not sitting here telling you that. Oh, you know, Lincoln Riley didn't do anything at Oklahoma. He did a. He did a good job. Now they got progressively a little bit worse every year. If you look at the numbers, they never totally got to where they needed to get defensively. They had some moments in a couple of years with Alex Grinch. This season's defense was disappointing. I still saw bad tackling. I saw. You know, bad fundamentals from the defensive backs because they were coached by a hype man who made videos. Uh, And I saw, you know, a lot of, hey, it's third and 12. You know, most situations, if you're a fan of a team, you think, man, that's great. Oklahoma fans are thinking, oh, here we go. Get ready to give up third and 12, right? It's always a roller coaster on third and 12 in an Alex Grinch defense. You are holding tight to the rails. You know who uh, they also, they, 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 they left under the cover of darkness. Remember how they tried to weasel their way out of here very early in the morning? I do, yes. Where, where, where's, where's this going? It's going to show that they're very sneaky and can be trusted, that group. Now, some of them, again, well, Stroud is just wherever the coattails go. He's dragged along by them. Uh, but... You know, I, you can't blame Alex Grinch or some of the other guys. Dennis Simmons, I think he was in the loop. I think there needs to be a congressional hearing so we can confirm that Dennis Simmons was in the loop for a long time. We have one listener on the Air Comfort Solutions sex line who's been sending us the same text for weeks, so I figure I'll go ahead and read it. OSU fan who enjoys your station. But stop with the jilted lover role already. Stop attacking the two guys all OU fans love the most, Muleshoe and Caleb, just two months ago. And the revisionist history is beneath most intelligent OU supporters. Lincoln is soft, and Caleb can't read zone defense. What? The fact of the matter is, Lincoln is the winningest coach in OU history. Uh, No. But, and Caleb was easily the best freshman quarterback in the nation. That history is unchangeable. I understand being upset that your coach thought another college program might be a better position for him than OU. 
And I certainly appreciate being hacked about him taking the 23 recruiting class and three current players. But none of you would have traded him for Brent Venables straight up just two months ago. Finally, no program has benefited greater from OU than or greater than OU from quarterback transfers. So you can't have it both ways. I expect the young guys like Parker to be emotionally unstable about this, but come on, Steely, you're better than that. <laughs> Am I? I don't know. I'm not sure. Well, I mean, some of the things he's saying are true there. I mean, there's no doubt uh, that OU has been the biggest beneficiary of the portal. Well, Riley was, of course. Um I don't know. What do you think if he said to OU fans two months ago, you can have Brent Venables or Lincoln Riley? What do you think they would have said? That's a, Okay, that's an interesting question. Because, like, for my money, particularly with the transition to the SEC, like, not that this question would ever have come up. So, mm-hmm. I've actually, like, in, in hindsight, I've put a lot of thought into what if you offered that straight up, like Brent Venables for Lincoln Riley. How many OU fans would take it? I feel like a lot of fans wouldn't. Just because offense is sexy, right? But I feel like and those five-star quarterbacks are yeah. the ones that everybody wants to talk about in recruiting. But know? I feel like those fans that are forward-thinking and anticipate the SEC transition and the brick wall that's gonna that you're gonna have to plow through in order to get there, they probably would have exchanged Mule Shoe for Brent Venables. I don't think that's revisionist history to assert. Um, again, I think there would have been, I don't know, it might have been 60-40 Lincoln yeah, There would have been people I on both know. sides of the aisle. Yeah, there would have been. There would have been, there is no doubt. Uh, what we've come to find, I think, though, is that um, a lot of people feel a sense of being somewhat refreshed a little bit, and it started to get a little bit stale, particularly with Muleshoe at the press conference. Guys, we're close, you know, all the time, or, you know, the paranoid uh, responses and I don't know that I heard a lot of uh, smartest guy in the room stuff up at the podium some of it not much and look football coaches are always different when they're speaking uh, as the the CEO of the program than they would out at some other event or where they're not affiliated with the university we've seen that with Bob Stoops and I thought Bob was pretty good at his press conferences I think he's great as a color commentator he has really developed into really good he's excellent here on the ref uh, good stories, great personality, really good insight, but that's a different role. But just when you see the, you know, all the semantics and everything, I, I've never liked the smartest guy in the room guy because it's like, all right, dude, just be just, okay, whatever. That's kind of how I feel right now. And you guys shouldn't, I'm not very mature. I'm going to be playing Fortnite at three o'clock. What do you, I mean, come on. <laughs> I'm like 58 years old going on 12. You shouldn't expect a whole lot here. All right. We do expect a lot from a true pro, Nate Fakin from Channel 4. We'll talk to him about all the stuff that's happening when we get back here on the home of Sooner fans, the Ref Radio Network. Ah, yes. Texas Tech's in town, so you got to have jump around, right? Why not? There you go. little house of pain. I like it, Mike. I was, that was a little bit obscure of a reference, but you caught the drift. We're on the same wavelength. I know. Can never put We're anything on the same past wavelength, you. Pretty much most I guess of the time. Not, not ne- rarely can I put anything past you. Nate Fakin joins us from uh, Channel 4 Sports. 
Does a great job over there with uh, Dylan Buckingham and Brian Brinkley. And, Nate, I appreciate you coming on. Uh, I don't think we've been able to talk to you since uh, most of this stuff has gone down, but uh, what has surprised you most or stood out to you most about this uh, whole two-month period with uh, the departure for Southern Cal by a certain individual and the Sooners bringing in a new staff and all the transfers and everything. What about uh, all of this has stood out to you the most? Well, I, I kind of look at it through a different perspective. It was probably the busiest month of my life. From <laughs> Yeah, I uh, bet. That morning after Bedlam, you know, it was, was Lincoln leaving and uh, then everything that followed that with the transfers and then hiring uh, the hiring of Brent Venables, it was just it was crazy to keep up with. The the rumors were out of control, um, and you know I was hearing it from some people that know things, if you will, and it, it just it was crazy. The whole thing's been crazy. I mean, even with uh, today, with you know Caleb Williams is on Good Morning America. I mean, it kind of shows you how crazy it's all been, and um, I totally get. My people have been fired up and angry and all that kind of thing. But it's to me, it's, it's a little similar to, to Kevin Durant um, and the, leaving the thunder and everything because uh, just with the way it happened. Um... Okay, we lost uh, Nate for just a second. Hopefully we'll get his connection back. Uh, we might put him on hold, see if you can call him back, Parker, if you don't mind. Uh, that that sometimes works. So Nate, hang on. Uh, we'll we'll get back to you. Yeah, he was comparing it to Kevin Durant, and uh, one of the things that Kevin Durant, when he left for Golden States, was he had basically told uh, uh, guys like Nick Collison and Russell Westbrook thought that he was going to be coming back, and I you know I don't think they felt a hundred percent certain that was happening. But then we found out again later that he and Draymond were flirting behind the scenes. Um, and he ends up going to the Warriors and winning championships. Okay. But, uh, you know, just based on the things about other teams loading up and all of that, uh, I, I think it was very similar to Kevin Durant. And, um, you know, it's that was the first uh, – that was a welcome to professional sports moment for Oklahoma sports fans. That was their first, you know, yeah, oh, God, this is a pro sport. Wow, look at this. And they had their hearts broken. And I just don't think Sooner football fans expect this unless somebody's going to the NFL, you know. So it was tough. Do we get Nate back? Uh, we do not have Nate back. So Nate's uh, in a bad not, spot. I huh? guess he went through a dead zone. Well, hang on. We got the phone ringing again right now as it is. So perhaps this is him. Give me uh, okay. one moment. Here. Sounds good. Uh, thank you again to the Seth Wadley Auto Group in Paul's Valley. Exit 72 for a great deal on a car or truck. From the Seth Wadley Auto Group. But, yeah, it, it, it's definitely it, – it feels like KD all over again. The KD was the whole state. Uh, Sooner fans, again, are uh, – I, I think, again, and, and I know people get tired of hearing this, but it's, it's the way it went down, how shady it looked, how secret it looked, and then the comments about, yeah, it took us two hours to make a decision, or no, we're not taking Oklahoma players, we're, we're getting – Players from the I mean, it's all the semantics and the BS that they're continually upset about. All right, Nate, uh, again, this was, like I said, uh, the Duran deal was Oklahoma's welcome to pro sports moment. And so, what was this moment for OU fans? Why do you think it stung them so much? Um, I just, I, like you, kind of like you were saying, uh, I think just how it happened. I mean, even in the press conference the night before, 
uh, for him to say, you know, I'm not taking the LSU job. Well, he ended up taking a job, just not the LSU job. It's, I don't know. I'd, I'd been told for a while that he tends to uh, say things in public that may not be the case behind closed doors, quite a bit, which all coaches do. But I was told it was pretty drastic at times. So I think just a lot of that. I think people feel betrayed and misled with so much of what's said. Kind of like you were saying as well with the, even the, you know, what he was saying yesterday. It's, or, yeah, I think it was yesterday about the taking them through the portal rather than from OU. It's just, I mean, how do you take the guy at face value? But um, it, it, I, like you said, it's very situational and uh, I think very easy for people to feel burned with how it happened. It wasn't exactly smooth and what people were led to believe. Now, in contrast to that, Nate, uh, over the last couple of weeks, as we in the media have gotten to know Brent Venables and Jeff Levy and Ted Roof, what's what's been your overall impression of this new Oklahoma staff? Uh, I think they're you know fired up and – uh, you hear good things like with recruiting and that kind of thing where they're kind of getting back out there more. And um, I think it was Carl Albert had a tweet a week or two ago that was like, great to see Joe John Finley there, unlike the previous staff or something like that, or the previous staff didn't come out as much. I don't want to get them in trouble or anything like that. But stuff like that where you can tell they're making an instant impact kind of out in the community with recruiting, with, with the fan base. You know, I thought Brent did a good job of coming in and getting people fired up. He was at the basketball game. Um, a few weeks ago on a Saturday and, and got everybody all fired up then too. So you can just tell there's a lot of enthusiasm and excitement there um, as, as and they want to be here. And uh, that was, clearly wasn't the case with some of the people beforehand. So I think they've done a good job of making that known and, and kind of getting off and um, running, you know, hitting the ground running, if you will, with the recruiting class and just all the kind of waves they've, like I said, they've made in the with the fan base, with recruiting, with the, High school coaches, all that good stuff. Nate Fagan with us, Channel 4 Sports. Uh, you know, Nate, I'm sure you're on the road going to another shoot. Nate's always headed somewhere. Uh, you know, he and Dylan shoot a lot of their own video, and, and that's kind of the way even some of the bigger sports departments are now with the pandemic. But are you ready to get out of the era of the Zoom press conference? Because as an audio guy, and for you having, you know, to deal with the audio and the video, it's got to drive you crazy. Yeah, it's really annoying i'm actually on my way now um you know a signing day last week with the snow um, a lot of kids weren't able to do their ceremony because school was literally canceled they couldn't be there so i'm out to go get uh jacob sexton up at deer creek and then mm-hmm. gavin freeman at heritage hall and um it, it's nice that's high school has been such a like a haven for us that way where you can you can talk to people in person and uh, there, there aren't the hangups like that. The Zoom, it's super annoying for us because of the there's audio issues. I mean, you, you just look at Brent Venables. He read it at a, uh, an entire press conference the next day because the connection was bad. And then you have to deal with, uh, you know, bad lighting for us. And there's lip flap with delays. So it looks like one of those bad, like, kung fu movies yeah, from back yeah. in the day or something, mm-hmm. <laughs> something like that. So it, it, it's nice to just be in person and uh, – have interactions like that when you can and uh, makes a big difference for us. And I think we get better stuff uh, for the fans. You know, you get better responses and uh, can give them further insight of what, you know, because that's what we are. It's kind of the connection between the, the teams and, and the fan base. And uh, I think they, they're better served that way when it is in person. So um, thankfully, or I think 
you know, things are getting better with the virus and everything. And uh, hopefully it will all be, you know, back in person and as normal as it was before, uh, as best can be. Yeah, I, I'm just hoping a lot of these schools aren't saying, man, this is great. We'll just do everything over Zoom. No, it's terrible. We should have <laughs> higher standards than choppy audio and horrible video it is really really bad really bad well nate i appreciate it my man get to your press conferences tell dylan i said hi good talking to you yeah you got it yeah sorry for the break up there but i'm zooming around trying to make it on time i hear you my man no problem no problem at all we'll talk to you soon nate Fakin. hey he's a professor now too teaching a class i know how about that you good guy and works really hard and uh has for a long time so Okay, uh, ladies and gentlemen, Riverwind Casino, uh, they've got, man, Friday and Saturday, uh, Saturday night, your chance to win that brand-new 2022 Mercedes-Benz and the $70,000 Keys to My Heart giveaway. Get out and play with your wild card tomorrow. So once the clock hits midnight tonight, you can play until midnight Thursday and get some points in your wild card. Get 15 times the entries for that great promotional drawing on Saturday night. And then Friday night, it's the $80,000 River of Romance giveaway where you can get out there and win your share of $80,000 in cash and bonus play. Don't miss the Super Bowl out there. It'll be on screens everywhere. The Coop Ale House Bar is a great spot. Also, Chips and Ales Pub Restaurant. You won't miss a play or any of the action out at Riverwind Casino. Simply the best. Instant karma is coming for somebody. Well, maybe not instant, but eventual karma hopefully be right back stay here well done again uh, the king of the bumbacks parker thumb all right uh so again it's uh gavin freeman jacob sexton today that nate was talking gentry about, williams right? as well as signing gentry today. williams today well it's, well, it's, it's yeah. signing yeah as in they're having the ceremony, the ceremony. They're, they're they're already signed but Yes, their ceremonies are today. And uh, they were, because of the weather last week, they pushed back their ceremony. So, Uh, And again, a dead period right now, so we probably wouldn't know anything on uh, for Overton or Connerly. It would be when for those guys. And you think it's OU and A&M? I think it's OU and A&M for Overton. Hard to say with any certainty where Connerly's head is at. There's just no telling. So... I would imagine, uh, like I said a couple days ago, probably not going to hear much on that front till March uh, when things open back up for visits. But we're in a dead period right now. Not a whole lot that can happen in that capacity. So, You want to go to the Air Comfort Solutions text line? Let's go ahead. 405-651-3439. Steely, you keep this Tebow awareness going. He is a fraud. We want you to talk about it. You know, it's it's very therapeutic. I just don't like finding out somebody is not quite what you thought they were. You know, Dennis Green said about the Bears, right? They are who we thought they were. The Bears are who we thought they were. We let them off the hook. Well, Mule was not who we thought he was. Everyone was, this is from the Air Comfort Solutions text line, everyone was tired of the no-defense team of Mule Shoe. The inept offense when offense was needed. And getting our, you know what, handed to us in the playoffs. Yes, BV, last year. That's in response mm-hmm. to the question we posed earlier where uh, we asked. Who, who they would Two take. months ago, yeah. would you have taken, if you had been offered a trade, Brent Venables for Muleshoe, would you have taken it? Well, so. I mean, the OSU fan who tweeted in, he had there were some good comments there. 
there were some good comments there because look, everybody was in law, oh, man, Caleb Williams, this guy, I'm telling you what, you know, and look, he wasn't perfect. As we said down the stretch, we saw him struggle against the zone defense quite a bit. Uh, the Baylor game, he was awful. He got pulled probably still. I don't know if he should have been pulled, but he was really bad in that game. And Dave Aranda can make some people look bad. But, again, it's it's more about just the way, the shadiness of the whole thing. And if Lincoln, if Muleshoe thinks, you know what, I can go rebuild USC, have an easier path, and guess what? There are a ton of athletes out there and some great programs, and that's untapped potential. It's a sleeping giant. I get all of that. Totally get that. I'm amazed, again, that USC has fallen as far as they have. I mean – you think about it always amazes me when a program with the resources they should have out there. Now, their facilities aren't great, but, you know, they can also sell what's around the facilities, the beach, Hollywood, great weather, all of that stuff. So maybe their facilities, they don't have to be like A&M's because A&M College Station, Texas, is not a big enticement. And I, Norman, Oklahoma is a great place, but for a lot of those kids, it's not a great enticement either. So you got to have great facilities. But again, for me, it was all about just the shadiness of the entire thing. Super shady. Super shady. He's the real Slim Shady. Muleshoe. Here's a question via the Air Comfort Solutions text line Was it a coincidence that Caleb had his best game of the year without Muleshoe? Referring, of course, to the Alamo Bowl. I don't know. I I think that the performance that will always give Caleb Williams a niche spot in Sooner lore is obviously the Red River rivalry and yeah. the second half that he turned in there. And Caleb so, will have a spot in history. He's got he's got a seat in the in the Sooner house. Uh, there are a lot of people that are getting ready to dispute you right now on the Air Comfort Solution text line. But but I agree. Like you can't take away what Caleb Williams did in that game. I, yeah, I'm because saying he's that got is, a seat, but he's got a seat at like the card table on Thanksgiving. He's not at the main table. Let me ask you this. What enduring moment did Mule Shoe leave in the annals of Sooner history? Man. What game are you going to remember him for? Well, because to me, that's one of the key distinctions between Mule Shoe and Caleb Williams beyond the, the way that they both departed OU. But, he might be best remembered for the squib kick. I, honestly, yeah. Well, that's the thing. Is like, is the memory that you're going to have like the the game that comes to mind when you think about the Mule Shoe era? What game is it going to be? Um, Ohio State, maybe in Columbus. Maybe like it's really hard to remember that that was a Mule Shoe team. I though, know. Yeah. It, it still kind of seemed the like Baylor. The Baylor comeback, maybe with Jalen yeah. Hurts. I. But most people remember uh, the, the 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 Georgia game. The, the, sorry, yeah. uh, because of the squib kick. And, and that's the like, at least Caleb Williams left OU with some class. Muleshoe did not. Also, Caleb Williams gave you that core memory as a Sooner fan. He gave you that comeback in the Cotton Bowl. Yeah. Muleshoe didn't really give you anything quite that memorable. I don't know. Maybe, there were maybe, moments. You, maybe somebody's going to help us out on the text line, and you guys can talk about it, uh, you know, uh, locked in with, uh, with Tyler coming up here in a minute. But – I don't know. What is the signature moment? I mean, the, the signature moment uh, that I think of right now that's in my head is I'm not taking a job at LSU. And then, you know, the next day. I think what's what's seared into my brain is his complete indifference when Trayvon West was very clearly interfered with in the end zone in that Bedlam game. Yeah. 
that was the moment I knew something was off. Yeah, last game. Yeah, and it was very interesting. I remember this dude tearing up, choking up when he got the OU job, right? Allegedly. And Crocodile yeah, who tears? Knows? Who knows? Is that what we're going to call them? Yeah. Let's give him the walk as we get out of here. Can you we real quick? Can we do it? Do we have time? I don't know if we have time. All right. Yeah, we can we can loop back around to it tomorrow. Yeah, we will. We will. Were those crocodile tears that he cried on the podium at USC when he got asked about Oklahoma? I, I would say so. Those were that was a Robert De Niro effort. That was not Robert De Niro quality. Or actually, I should go Daniel Day Lewis. He's the best actor out there. All right, got to get out of here. Locked in up next.